a time in the distant past, the earth bore fruit to a strange place, an island where storks grew to the size of men. Elephant-like creatures were no bigger than cows, and the most unique of all, people the size of children. Half the size of modern humans, Homo floresiensis was perhaps the most unique of all human species, and its world was equally as fascinating. Biology on islands is much different than the mainland. Powerful evolutionary forces pushed large creatures to shrink while smaller ones typically get bigger. Cold-blooded animals like Komodo dragons get larger, and 50,000 years ago, the Komodo dragons on the island of Flores were twice the size. Many species of rat are huge, and some even survive on the island today. This strange place straight out of science fiction was once as real as you or I. Thousands of generations of these little people nicknamed the Hobbits thrived until relatively recently. So come with me as we explore the fascinating world of Homo floresiensis. The first specimens were discovered on the Indonesian island of Flores in September of 2003. A joint Australian-Indonesian team of archaeologists was looking for evidence of the original human migration of modern humans from Asia to Australia. They instead recovered a nearly complete, small-statured, strange skeleton in Leongbua Cave. The skeleton was quite complete and was nicknamed LB1. Additional excavations in 2004 recovered seven more skeletons originally dated from 38,000 to 13,000 years ago. In 2004, the species was named and described as Homo floresiensis by Peter Brown. LB1 would serve as the holotype of the species. A holotype is a single physical example of an organism, known to have been used when the species was formally described. It is either the single such physical example or one of several, but explicitly designated as the holotype. LB1 includes not only a fairly complete skeleton, but also a nearly complete skull. Excavations revealed that it belonged to a 30-year-old female. The nickname Little Lady of Flores or Flo was given. A tooth, LB2, was referred to the species as well as an arm bone known as LB3. The specimens were not fossilized and have been described as having the consistency of wet, blotting paper. Once exposed, the bones had to be left to dry before they could be dug up. In 2009, additional finds were reported, increasing the minimum number of individuals represented by bones to 14. In 2015, teeth were referred to as a 15th individual, LB15. This hominin was at first considered remarkable for its survival until relatively recent times, initially thought to be only 12,000 years ago. However, more extensive stratigraphic and chronological work has pushed the dating of the most recent evidence of its existence back to 50,000 years. Homo floresiensis skeletal material is now dated from 60,000 to 100,000 years ago. Stone tools recovered alongside the skeletal remains were from archaeological horizons ranging from 50,000 to 190,000 years ago. 
You just thought they were on the island much longer, but I will get into this later. Surprisingly, we have a relatively large amount of fossil evidence for these people. A lot more than, let's say, Denisovans. Unfortunately, we do not even have DNA. In 2006, two teams attempted to extract DNA from a tooth discovered in 2003, but both teams were unsuccessful. It has been suggested that this happened because the dentine was targeted. Moreover, the heat generated by the high speed of the drill bit may have denatured the DNA. Researchers think that the humid and warm conditions of Flores may have been detrimental to DNA preservation. Fossil material is only about half of the story, as seen in the last Ancient Man episode. For this species, DNA evidence would settle a lot of debates. This is because this species is extremely weird. The discoverers propose that a variety of features, both primitive and derived, identify these individuals as belonging to a new species, Homo floresiensis. Before publication, the discoverers were considering placing LB1 into her own genus, Sedanthropus floresiensis. Researchers of the article recommended that, despite her size, she should be placed in the genus Homo. Over the past five years of peer-reviewed scrutiny, its status as being in the genus Homo remains, and also it being its own species. It is not a subspecies or just a small Homo sapien. And this brings up an interesting point. What is a subspecies? Well, when we are talking about Homo sapiens, there are no subspecies. Genetic evidence tells us that Homo sapiens are a very uniform species. For example, species of penguins have twice the genetic diversity that humans have. This is because our species has not been geographically separated for all that long. We first evolved in Africa about 250,000 years ago. We first started to leave Africa about 120,000 years ago. So even the most isolated individuals are not very genetically isolated. Anyways, so how does this pertain to this video? Well, in my last video on Denisovans, I had a lot of comments telling me that Denisovans were not their own species, and that they were just a subspecies of Homo sapien or maybe Homo erectus. This is not true. Denisovans, Neanderthals, sapiens, and floresiensis were all undoubtedly different species. Just because two species can mate and create fertile offspring does not mean that they are the same species or subspecies of each other. Like I mentioned in my What is a Human video, species do not actually exist, it is a scientific construct used to classify life. It is a rather useful construct and that is why we use it, but a cast iron definition of a species is impossible. John Stewart, an evolutionary paleontologist at Bournemouth University said, It's all about the definition of a species and the degree to which you accept variation within a species. The term can be fairly subjective, and with humans in particular, we accept less variation in species, mainly so we can get a better understanding of particular groups. So back to Homo floresiensis. It was a very unique and sort of archaic human species. Two orthopedic studies published in 2007 reported that wrist bones were more similar to those of chimps and Australopithecus than to modern humans. Another 2007 study of the bones and joints of the arm, shoulder, and lower limbs also concluded that Homo floresiensis was more similar to early humans and other apes than modern humans. 
A 2009 cladistic analysis concluded Homo floresiensis branched off fairly early from the human line. Either shortly before or shortly after the evolution of Homo habilis 1.96 to 1.66 million years ago. In 2009, American anthropologist William Jungers and colleagues found that the foot of Homo floresiensis has several primitive characters, and that they could be the descendants of a species much earlier than Homo erectus. A 2015 analysis found the greatest similarity with Australopithecus sediba, Homo habilis, and the primitive Homo erectus georgicus. Raising the possibility that the ancestors of Homo floresiensis left Africa before the appearance of Homo erectus, and were possibly even the first hominins to do so. A phylogenetic analysis published in 2017 suggests that Homo floresiensis was descended from the same presumably Australopithecine ancestor of Homo habilis, making it a sister taxon to Homo habilis. On the basis of this classification, Homo floresiensis is hypothesized to represent an unknown and very early migration out of Africa. A similar conclusion was suggested in a 2018 study dating stone artifacts found at Shangchen, central China, to 2.1 million years ago. However, Homo floresiensis has several dental similarities to Homo erectus, which could mean Homo erectus was the ancestor species. Regardless, their ancestors may have reached the island by more than 1 million years ago. This is known from stone tools, but unfortunately no remains of humans were found. In 2016, fossil teeth and a partial jaw from hominins assumed to be ancestral to Homo floresiensis were discovered. They date to about 700,000 years and are noted by Australian archaeologist Jared Vandenberg for being even smaller than the later fossils. Based on these, he suggested that Homo floresiensis derived from a population of Homo erectus and rapidly shrank. So how in an estimated 300,000 years did a group of Homo erectus become about 40% smaller? A research team created a simulation including hundreds of variables to try to answer this question. Almost 10,000 model simulations were run using random combinations of various parameters. For the bulk of their simulations, it took fewer than 500 generations for full-size Homo erectus species to evolve into the much smaller Homo floresiensis species. The most frequent outcome was around 280 generations, or just over 4,000 years. After running 10,000 simulations, it was discovered that in less than 350 generations the process was complete. Thinking in terms of years, assuming a young female delivers a baby at an average of about 15, that translates to about 10,000 years. That is really a blink of an eye in evolutionary time. This simulation by no means implies they evolved in such a short period of time, but with the right variables it was at least possible. Insular dwarfism isn't the most complicated process. We have evidence of it happening in mammoths, elephants, buffalo, and a plethora of other island animals. In all these cases, the shrinking is actually quite fast. The most important and obvious identifying features of Homo floresiensis are its small body and small cranial capacity. Less obvious features that might distinguish LB1 from modern Homo sapiens include the form of the teeth, the absence of a chin, and the lesser torsion in the lower end of the humerus. Each of these distinguishing features have been heavily scrutinized by the scientific community, 
with different research groups reaching differing conclusions as to whether these features support the original designation of a new species, or whether they identify LB1 as a severely pathological homo sapien. A 2015 study of the dental morphology of 40 teeth of Homo floresiensis compared 450 teeth of living and extinct human species. It stated that they had primitive canine premolar and advanced molar morphologies, which is unique among hominins. The discovery of additional partial skeletons have verified the existence of some species in LB1, such as a lack of chin, but Jacob and other research teams argues that these features do not distinguish LB1 from local modern humans. Lyra's et al. have asserted based on 3D morphometrics that the skull of LB1 differs significantly from Homo sapiens skull, including those of small-bodied individuals and those with microcephaly, and is more similar to the skull of Homo erectus. There was a lot of debate if these people weren't actually a species, but just people suffering from disease and disorders. Microcephaly, Laron syndrome, endemic cretinism, and Down syndrome were all suggested. All of these claims were found to be unsupported and that these individuals were typical of their species. Ian Tattersall argues that the species is wrongly classified as Homo floresiensis as it is too archaic to be assigned to the genus Homo. The species was so unique that the researchers can't even agree if they were Homo sapiens in the genus Homo or in a whole separate genus. This is why DNA evidence would be so important. LB1's height is estimated to have been 1.06 meters or 3 feet 6 inches. The height of the second skeleton, LB8, has been estimated to be at 1.09 meters or 3 foot 7. These estimates are outside the range of normal modern human height and considerably shorter than the average adult height of even the smallest human populations. The smallest groups of people are the Samang at 1.37 meters or 4 foot 6 for adult women. The Adam and Eve are also around the same height. LB1's body mass is estimated to have been 25 kilograms or 55 pounds. This is very small. Overall, the species weighed between 16 and 36 kilograms and 35 and 79 pounds. Even if you are relatively short and light, you would have been huge compared to most of these people. LB1 and LB8 are somewhat smaller than Australopithecines, such as Lucy from 3 million years ago. Thus, LB1 and LB8 may be the shortest and smallest members of the extended human group discovered thus far. Their short stature was likely due to insular dwarfism, where size decreases as a response to fewer resources in an island ecosystem. Other animals on the island of Flores were also affected by this forest, such as the dwarf stegodons that lived alongside them. In 2006, Indonesian paleoanthropologists said that LP1 has a very similar statue to Rampasasa pygmies who inhabit the island, and that size can vary substantially in pygmy populations. The Rampasasa pygmies are completely unrelated to Homo floresiensis, but both groups are small because of the same evolutionary force. Aside from smaller body size, the specimens seem to resemble Homo erectus, a species known to have been living in the area. One of the most interesting differences in these people than modern humans is their arms. The angle of the humeral torsin is much less compared to modern humans. The humeral head of modern humans is twisted between 145 and 165 degrees to the plane of the elbow joint, whereas in 120 degrees in Homo floresiensis. 
This may have provided an advantage when arm swinging and in tandem with the unusual morphology of the shoulder girdle and short clavicle, would have displaced the shoulders slightly forward into an almost shrugging position. The shrugging position may have been compensated from the lower range of the motion of the arm, allowing for similar maneuverability in the elbows as modern humans. The wrist bones are similar to those of apes and Australopithecus, significantly different from those of modern humans, and lacking features which evolved at least 800,000 years ago. The leg bones are more robust than those of modern humans. The feet were unusually flat and long in relation to the rest of the body. As a result, when walking, they would have had to bend the knees further back than modern humans do. This caused a high stepping gait and a low walking speed. In addition to small body size, Homo floresiensis had a remarkably small brain size. LB1's brain is estimated to have had a volume of 380 centimeters cubed, placing it at the range of chimpanzees and the extinct Australopithecines. LB1's brain size is half that of the presumed immediate ancestor, Homo erectus, at 980 centimeters cubed. The brain-to-body mass ratio of LB1 lies between that of Homo erectus and the great apes. Such a reduction is likely due to insular dwarfism. A 2009 study found that the reduction in brain size of extinct pygmy hippopotamus in Madagascar compared with their living relatives is proportionally greater to the reduction in body size, and similar to the reduction in brain size of Homo floresiensis and Homo erectus. Smaller brain size does not appear to have affected mental faculties, as the Brodmann Area 10 on the prefrontal cortex which is associated with cognition is about the same size as that of modern humans. Homo floresiensis is also associated with evidence for advanced behaviors such as the use of fire, butchering, and stone tool manufacturing. Lingbua Cave shows evidence of the use of fire for cooking and bones with cut marks. The cave also yielded a great quantity, over 10,000, of stone artifacts, mainly lithic flakes. Points, perforators, blades, and microblades were all associated with remains of extinct elephant stegodon, and were probably hafted into barbs to sink into the elephant. Similar artifacts are found in the Soa Basin, 50 kilometers or 31 miles south, associated with stegodon and Komodo dragon remains, and are attributed to a likely ancestral population of Homo erectus. The implications of a human species with the brain size of a chimpanzee displaying such advanced behaviors are huge. It reaffirms something that anthropologists have long thought. It is not how big a brain is, but rather how it is organized. The island of Flores is a long and narrow island that is a part of Indonesia. Evidence of its formation is still present in the form of active volcanoes. Because of a deep neighboring strait, Flores remained isolated during the last glacial period, despite the low sea levels that united Sunderland. Therefore, the ancestors of Homo floresiensis could only have reached the isolated island by water transport, perhaps arriving in bamboo rafts around one million years ago. In the modern day, the island is separated by about 30 kilometers on each side, but sea levels are higher. Modern Flores is one of the only places on Earth with populations of Komodo dragons. It is also home to the Flores giant rat. But about 50,000 years ago, its fauna was much different. It was home to much more unique species. Even larger rats, dwarf elephants, and even giant six-foot-tall storks. Leptoptilos robustus is an extinct species of stork that stood about 1.8 meters or 5.9 feet tall. 
Not only was it taller than its relatives, it weighed relatively more at 16 kilograms or 35 pounds. Due to having heavy bones and a heavy body, it is assumed that it rarely, if ever, flew. Modern large-bodied storks like the marabou stork are mainly scavengers but will prey on anything small enough. Leptoptilos robustus preyed on a variety of rat species, carrion, small Komodo dragons, and even Homo floresiensis. Though a fully grown hobbit would have weighed slightly more, robustus was twice the height of floresiensis. Juvenile hobbits would have been easy picking for such a large bird. Just imagine a stork twice your height. For me, that would mean a 12 foot tall stork. This is just about as close to a dinosaur preying on a human that there has ever been. Komodo dragons from Pleistocene remains seem to be bigger than they are in the modern day. Modern Komodo dragons weigh up to 90 kilograms or 200 pounds, but the largest ever weighed 166 kilograms or 366 pounds. These ancient and larger specimens may have weighed up to 220 kilograms or 500 pounds. So not only did these people have to deal with carnivorous storks twice their size, they also had to deal with dragons ten times their size. But the absurdity of this island does not stop there. Dwarf Stegodon elephants prowled the land. Stegodon florensis insularis is an extinct subspecies of Stegodon endemic to the island of Flores and is an example of insular dwarfism. The direct ancestor of Stegodon florensis insularis is the larger-bodied Stegodon florensis florensis, from early Pleistocene and early middle Pleistocene sites on Flores. An estimate gives a shoulder height of about 2 meters or 6.6 feet and a weight of about 570 kilograms or 1,200 pounds, about the same size as a horse. Dwarf stegodons were believed to be the main prey of the still extant Komodo dragon before modern humans introduced their own prey. Banded pig, rusa deer, and water buffalo. Floresiensis selectively hunted Stegodon as hundreds of Stegodon bone fragments are found with Homo floresiensis occupation layers and some of these Stegodon bones show butchery marks. They preferred juvenile individuals for obvious reasons. At the same time Neanderthals and other human species were hunting mammoths, these small people were hunting small Stegodons. Pretty amazing. The island of Flores would have been a wild place 50,000 years ago. The people who inhabited it would not have been so weird except for their size. Their skulls were different, and some parts of their bodies were odd, but they were human. If researchers are correct and they are a derived species of Homo erectus, they are just as human as you or I. Not Homo sapien, but human all the same. They lived, fought great beasts, hunted relative goliaths, and survived. But survived until when exactly? The youngest bone remains in the cave date to 60,000 years ago and the youngest stone tools to 50,000 years ago. The previous estimate of 12,000 BCE was due to an undetected unconformity in this cave stratigraphy. Their disappearance is close to the time that modern humans reached the area, suggesting that the initial encounter caused or contributed to their extinction. This would be consistent with the disappearance of Homo neanderthalensis from Europe about 40,000 years ago, within 5,000 years after the arrival of modern humans there. Modern human bones recovered from the cave dating to 46,000 years ago, 
indicate replacement of the former Homo floresiensis inhabitants. The other megafauna on the island such as Stegodon and the giant stork also disappeared. Who would have thought us sapiens showed up and ruined all the fun? It's almost like we did this everywhere. We likely outcompeted our small friends and maybe even warred with them. Perhaps it was due to hostility on both sides. We may have even lived with them for a short period of time, but I bet it wasn't too pleasant. My theory is our species made it to the island, saw a bunch of little people that were physically inferior to us, and then we just took over the island. Homo sapiens probably saw the comfortable cave of Lingbua full of midgets and said, well, it's free real estate. At the end of the day, it seems that we were just superior and there was no way we were going to share. Typical human nature. Thanks for watching. I hope you enjoyed the second episode of the Ancient Man series. This video topic was voted for in my community tab. Make sure to check that out and decide what new videos I make. The next Ancient Man video will probably be between Homo erectus, Neanderthals, and Homo habilis. I don't know when I will put out this poll, but it will probably be in a couple weeks from now. Until then, check out my other videos and make sure to subscribe. I make videos on ancient man, prehistoric animals, and even history. I'll see you on the next episode of Northo 2. See ya.